Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to our show the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour it is Friday and gosh it's nine days away from Christmas nine days away from Christmas month has flown really and then Hanukkah is coming up Kwanzaa you know we are multicultural here on the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour so we want to recognize all of you that are celebrating uh, different holidays. What other holidays have I missed? I only mentioned three. Well, winter solstice. Sol- uh, solstice? Uh, well, that's the yeah, is the 21st. But that's pagan. Well, that's, that works. <laughs> um, that works. The, and then, of course, I always relate to this one. <laughs> More than any other day. No, the 26th is Boxing Day. But I said to Canada. Yeah. So. Well, we, we, we always have a, 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 a faux boxing match in, in oh, the yeah. living room. You know, set up a, a little ring and get our gloves on and beat That's the crap right. out of each other. It's fun. It is. And one of my favorite times of the year is celebrating the Boxer Rebellion. I... I had such a ball that day. Um, oh, boy. And, uh, you know, the Boxer Rebellion originated in China. That's where the Boxer Rebellion occurred. Did China, it really? In China. I see. And um, they, 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 where they had a... Um, they were mistreating their boxers. Right. <laughs> and the dogs broke out of the uh, shelters and rebelled. And then that's why the um, Chinese uh, stopped. Well, I won't say that they stopped eating, but, but nonetheless, the boxers won the day. Rice. They stopped eating rice. They stopped eating. That came up in a reading yesterday, rice. Anyway, okay, well, enough, enough, enough jokes. We are uh, ready to take your calls. 914-338-0164 is the call number. Please do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And you may follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We hope that you do. It really does help. And uh, those accounts can be linked. Under our blog talk radio profile, Neil and Christian Baker Psychic, whereby you may follow us as well. And of course, we are accepting generous donations on your part because it's that time of year. You know, it's kind of a cruddy timing for our bill. I mean, you know, of course, there are bills all year round, but it's a big bill to receive the month of December when, you know, it's the holiday season, of course, we're... We're, we're, we're giving so many gifts to all those around us. Yeah. And to have this impact is, you know, it's a big impact. So um, any, any amount helps. And you may contact us via our Facebook pages to inquire about our PayPal link. And I do need to put that link in our bio, but I have not done that. Okay. So yeah. We actually pay to help our publish. Yeah. We actually pay to do readings. It's phenomenal, but we do it. We are amazing. And, um, great for us. <laughs> but, and for that, 
We have no callers. <laughs> Maybe we have no callers because we've do, been doing a fun drive. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, well, you know, so people busy. don't want to be, you know, inundated with a or pressured by 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 solicitation and they're avoiding no, calling. Guys, I don't know. They're so busy running to the bank to uh, send your, us a check. That, your guys, uh, I thought they were our guys, but anyway. But, uh, this is the money guys. Oh, they, I don't they, have money guys, no, apparently. No, <laughs> no, no, I, no. <laughs> okay. You have what's called debt guys. <laughs> you know, they, they form debts around you. Uh, please don't say that. Don't put that out. But, uh, uh, so, what do we have to talk about? Today? My small injury on my on my uh, on my knuckle. What yeah, I, I know that you I got four fingers. No, I. You know, it's it, it's. I, I am the only person I know. No, I do know somebody else that's as clumsy as me, but doing the most simple tasks, I injure myself. I opened a armoire drawer and ripped open my knuckle on the metal. How, how the hell do You're you do that? You're the only person who could sit in one place and say to me, Neil, I can't find my leg. <laughs> I think what recently what actually I think it was four about four stairs I fell down and you saw me on the floor and you thought I was like you know inspired by I thought you were so, praying <laughs> you know you could turn Muslim when you were praying I I I started I went online looking for carpets but the uh, idea of uh, being accident prone well you know who wasn't accident prone but caused a lot of accidents no client of mine Mr. Good. <laughs> no, that's huh? that's what that's a joke between a friend and I, Mrs. Magoo. I had so a friend who called him called, called me Magoo. called me Mrs. So Magoo. Unfortunately, he crossed over. Oh, but uh, well, he, I, from an accident. Yeah. Undoubtedly, he once lost his contacts in a movie theater, <laughs> and he was like fumbling around in his lap. And I went up to the usher and I said, there's a strange man over there playing with himself. <laughs> and she flashed up a flashlight on him and actually kicked him out of the theater for playing with himself. He was looking for his contacts. <laughs> but, uh, that's pretty mean. Yeah. Was, you, that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Kind of, I mean, I always was the type of person that would do, I, you know, April, really elaborate April Fool's jokes and you know, I was quite successful at at, at snowing people. Well, but actually, and I'm, actually, you know, I, I found his contacts. humorous. I found his contacts. You found his contacts? What in his in his underwear? Act. No, it was sitting in his seat. That was probably before the days of disposable contacts, because when I was a contact lens wearer in the early days, I, I think I started wearing contacts at 15. I mean, I wore glasses since nine. But I was able to get contact lenses, which was great, you know, because as a teenager, you don't want to be stuck wearing glasses. It wasn't, you know, they not, I, I don't think they have the range. Well, I mean, there were stylish glasses. But anyway, I didn't want to wear glasses all the time. But the contact lenses that I was able to purchase were just like the contact lenses that last you like a year or two years or whatever. You have to clean them nightly, and it's a big process. Now there's disposable lenses. So I graduated to disposable lenses and those, you know, you can um, I would never throw away after a week or two weeks. Yeah, I, I know. And then you uh, dissuaded I, me from doing that. Now I'm stuck wearing glasses all the time. But well, it's damaging it's to your eyes. I think it would just damage my eyes. eyes. Yeah. Very and all that nice. solution. And the lens going down. No, it's very Always I would have a contact lens coming out or debris in my eye, yeah. reaction to the, anyway. So this is not a medical show, however, So, or, nor is it a show based on uh, <coughs> optometry or ophthalmology. So let's start talking about something. Well, and psychic you know, or spiritual. Every, probably there's a lot of psychics out there that want to start doing holiday shows and talking about the holidays. But maybe there aren't. I don't know. But we're not going to. <laughs> Forget that. What we're going to do is talk about doorways. Now, they're, they're, in the astral realm, they're called portals. And they're not exactly doorways, but a portal 
some portals have an opening and some portals are in continuum. They just move in continuum. You can't find an open. You kind of you kind of immerse yourself or you blend into the portal. When you say you enter the portal, that's to imply that the portal has an opening. So just, portals do have openings, but some of the portals that I've encountered didn't have openings. You had to sort of astrally penetrate like membrane. You had to penetrate into the portal and get... Uh, in, so there was a barrier rather than it being a completely open portal that you could... Yeah, it's sort of like getting it, uh, you know, uh, absorbed by a jellyfish. You you just go into the memory, you just go into the energy of the portal, and you're in there. Sometimes it's hard getting out. But that isn't to say that portals don't have an opening. But, you know, it's it's rather convenient to think that in your home, you, you know, that's where the portal ends. That's where the opening is. Like, like your establishment is the basis for where a portal starts or, or ends. And that's not always the case. Um, so is it easier to enter a portal through an opening? Yes. How do you enter a portal? How do you absorb, be, become absorbed into a portal when there's no opening? It's like going through a wall. Well, I just want to make a comment about portals because I regularly see portals. They're usually rectangle shaped, sometimes different shapes, but generally a rectangle or square shadow or light. Sometimes they have color, sometimes they don't, but they appear just when I'm sitting and, you know, reading a book, watching television, um, combing my hair. Yeah. You know, they are, they just appear in various spots in the home. So, and they move, actually, when I'm watching them. They shift positions. They're not static, generally. Well, I remember, you know, it was years and years ago, but I remember driving up to my bank and going to the, to the, the record, the, you know, the microphone thing. And she said she was going to send me back my money through the portal. I was so impressed that the bank was into astral energy that I went in and immediately gave everybody a reading. Right. And uh, so it was amazing the way that the portal even banked. Did they really call it a portal? They called it a portal. They said I was going to send it. Back in those days, they called it a portal. Did they call it a portal? I mean, yeah. I remember those um, those days. And yeah, they would shoot it through the yeah. place of the portal. And I, I was so I impressed. didn't know it was called a portal. But, but it, was the, it was the cylindrical thing that you put your money well, in. Well, I've heard you say to people, uh, we'll spend it through the portal. I've heard you use that word. Portal. We'll send it through uh, the portal. Somebody, I heard you talking to somebody once, some business thing. They said oh, 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 yeah. Because, because, I, yes, that's correct. Because many medical facilities have online access to your doctors and nurses, so you can upload your patient records, communicate with your physician via the patient portal. So that's See, what they call so they it. All, so yeah, I mean, it's, it. it's, I mean, everybody <laughs> believes in portals. And, or uh, the banking, a banking portal. Yeah. Same thing, but I mean, portal. online, it's shifted to online. I mean, no one's shooting money through a cylinder into the bank anymore. It's the ATM. Oh, they don't do that, that anymore? I, I think there may be drive-through banking still, and I probably, I Matt, I, I, I presume that they, they still have that functionality, but I, I haven't utilized it, and I just remember it as a kid. Well, and I know. think it, I thought it was, you know, kind of novel watching that, you know, how that would travel to and from an automobile to the inside of the bank and 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 back. Well, you know, I mean, it's an old word. Its original word is, you know. Port, where the ship is coming into port, going to dock. Dock is you stop. It's coming into port, you're channeling into the landing. And then when you port, there's usually a, um, an exit of passengers and cargo. Sometimes it's about the industry, but when when you when you, commerce. So when you have the word port, it's really about a landing. 
preceding an action, an activity. But, but now we say, well, we're going to go through the porto. The porto brings it into a different kind of noun. And both words can be exchanged as verbs. verbs. So there's a sort, sort of naming of an event as well as an action within the event. So when you have a portal, a portal doesn't demand an activity. It just is there. But what's happened in the astral realm is that spirits and mediums and all kinds of other inhabitants use this portal as a sort of way to transport energy, including the own entity itself. So it's like a highway. But why does a spirit need a portal? Why can't they just float through space and get to where they, why, why, why do they need a portal? Well, that's like saying, in a crude way, that's like looking at a vast canyon and saying, well, let's drive across it. Why do you need a road? Well, you need a road because obviously it's, it's paved. It, 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 uh, You'd only have the obstruction of the terrain or debris or rocks. It's, it, it allows the tire to hit hard pavement so you can travel. A portal, in a crude way, does a similar thing. It allows an easy access for travel. Now, not every spirit. Spirit? spirit? <laughs> not yet, spirit. Uh, it's a new term we're coining here. Michelle. But not every spirit or inhabitant of the astral realm needs a portal to travel. But it is convenient, and I would also say that it allows for a specific kind of travel. It's like a funnel. It it, it encloses open space into constricted space. Well, and then into another, yeah, into another constricted space, obviously, because that's the purpose of a funnel, obviously, to, you could almost call it a funnel. They didn't want to call it a funnel because a lot of spirits weren't having fun traveling. Well, they also weren't having cakes. Yeah, they weren't having cakes. It was um, a big, yeah, it was a big uh, topic of dispute. You can call it a tunnel. You can call it a funnel. You can call it a corridor. But don't (laughs) call it Bill. Uh, There was an old laughing. You can call me this. You can call me that. So uh, now what happens in this portal? Is there a, is it like a Tom Cruise science fiction film where there's a whooshing of wind and you're sucked into it? And you, I mean, it does have a certain velocity, like a black hole. You can get sucked into a portal. That's possible. And you can get caught in a portal. You can get caught in space, but you can get caught in a portal. Portals are not hazardous-free. There are certain elements within a portal that can become compromising to safety. Right. And so, I mean, in, in, in instances that we've gone into people's homes together, and of course, you've done this prior to meeting me, there have been instances where people have had problems with spirits inhabiting the home or disruptions in the home, and thereby a portal has been discovered where this energy has been traveling through and entering the home. So portals yeah, can be. True. And the other thing about portals is they. Problematic. They, they are. Finishing they, my they hold information. It's easier to read a portal than it is just energy space because the portal retains information. It, 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 it's like, <clears throat> do you study air? You can but if you study a cave, there's more to, to look at in a way in a cave because there's so many different elements in the cave. Well, a portal contains energy. It contains the thought waves. It contains the energy of the traveler. It contains information. So it does leave a sort of footprint. In a way, it's crudely translated, but in a way, it's like a footprint, like a prehistoric footprint. It leaves Impressions can be left in a portal that are either residual or active. And there's still energy work going in within a portal. So the energy within a portal is now concentrated. 
It's not expansive like in regular air and space. It's now concentrated. So the information is like forming the uh, construction of a letter. And the so thing you is, when you're... One, you have like three forms to form a capital A. It forms the A itself. Right. When you're traveling through a portal, it takes a lot of concentration. Yeah. And not only... Not right. concentration, and you can get, run into a lot of jeopardy. Exactly. Right. But, yeah, you know, yeah, you spin you the wheel of fortune, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, who knows what's going to happen. But to get in, you need a password. <laughs> That's um, right. But what's my line once I'm in the portal? I don't know. What's the price? <laughs> the uh, price is right. And okay. Then there we go. You see, there there are a lot of game shows. What we're trying to suggest to our audience is that portals, there, there's game shows in portals, and there's also real simulating uh, that occurs. What is about a portal to the regular common person? This everybody stops in the street and asks me this. Um, yeah, I, I, it's 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 difficult to get errands done because constantly oh, people oh, are stopping you. Biggest questions on the street. Well, portals portals contain information. Also, portals can send information. Talked about loved one out there that's crossed over, or you want to connect to some angel or guide. Portals are a nice way to do it. It's like it's like a telephone wire. It does channel energy and transmits it and reassembles it, if you will, into a proper language so that the the receiving end doesn't necessarily hear English. What it does is it decodes, and that's a big word now. All the kids are now decoding their games on in the internet. You know, there's a whole system about how our new generation has learned how to decode. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's in the, I don't. I'm not in. Did you read an article about decoding? Well, I don't know. I have no I'm idea. Reading something, but they they. Um, <laughs> well, you're so scholarly. Yeah. Okay. I learned how to read going to men's restrooms. <laughs> right. And you learned how to write in men's restrooms as well. That's where, I you know, learned. all the graffiti you see, at least, well, not all of it, but at least half of it, Neil wrote himself. Well, sure. I mean, why not? My first, the reason I got into numerology was because I was in a restroom that said call 242-8111, and I had my first date. I, I had to pay for it. But it was still nonetheless a number system that led to an action. I have something to say that's completely off topic. So I just want to let you know that at, at, a, at a certain point in the show, because I just wanted to disrelate to numerology. Now, no, no, no. You can go on your, I mean, you're having a little, no, you know, we're, we're you're giving, having a little we're chat. giving the gift of Christmas to people <laughs> by the way of giving them information about the portal world. No, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, so I don't want to stop you, but I just remembered something that I wanted to say um, you want to briefly. Say no, it doesn't flow with our topic, I oh. mean, right now. So I would like to say it at some point prior to the show, and maybe 10 minutes I need. But Well, that's, that's you're famous for digressing. But <laughs> I am. Okay. Uh, and I am, too. Readers digressed. <laughs> I, you know, I used to read readers. Ow. See, I just like a bit down. I don't know what, almost broke a tooth. Yeah. What the hell is going on with me? Um, I know I read Reader's Digest a lot as a child. I mean, I read everything as a child. Everything. Back of cereal boxes, back of toilet paper, <laughs> everything I read. Books. And Reader's Digest was a magazine that I read, I which is never, stupid. Uh, you know, I... My grandmother had Reader's Digest. Yeah, my grandmother one. did too. They had all the books. Yeah. My, I brought one to uh, my English class one day, and and I wasn't supposed to, but I was kind of glancing through it while he was lecturing. All of a sudden, he stopped. I noticed he stopped lecturing. Then he walked over to my desk. He said, what are you reading? <laughs> I said, Reader's Digest. He goes, Roll that. I right. never want to see that book in my classroom again. That is an abomination of the English language. It is condensed. It edits. It does terrible things. Plus, the stories are like heartwarming, sentimental pieces of crap. Yeah. And he gave me such a lecture. Well, I never, 
I mean, I, I would, I, if I ever got around to a Reader's Digest, I broke out in hives. I never, again, looked at a Reader's Digest. Um, even, I even got nervous reading Saturday Evening Post. I'd get a little bit, my, my stomach would start to growl. But, but no, it's, it's, when we're talking about uh, the language of a portal, it's very interesting because it doesn't come in one language. And you never quite know. It's like Dean Martin's, uh, the Dean Martin show when he opens the door. You never quite know what you're going to get because a portal doesn't, it's not a a check spot. It's not a border patrol. Portals don't designate or, or distinguish who can enter and who can't. It's not an immigration board. So portals can contain Negative energies and malevolent energy as well as nice benevolent energy. Benevolent. Yeah. Um, And so you never know quite know what you're going to get. Also, it's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Wimble. What's his name? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. So um, the. and the other thing about a portal is it's a, it's a way to disguise energy because an, an evil energy, a dark energy, can form a disguise within a portal and deceive. A lot of those, a portal produced by the pendulum or the, 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 the object, the instrument that, that people have their hands on, that's actually, it's usually a triangular energy with a little circle in it and the nail. That's a portal. That's a, that's a pinpoint to a portal. And what extends from that is the portal itself. It forms a portal. It actually reaches out like a searchlight. But you never hear about people using the Ouija board and getting, you know, I mean, yeah, they can contact the dead supposedly through the Ouija board and, you know, I, I, whether the users are moving the pendulum or it's being moved by a spirit is debatable because it doesn't matter in the long run but you will not get an authentic energy you'll get energy you you'll get, get neg- usually it's a negative energy with or a Ouija board one right that can that can promote what seems to be good good omen but they're not they're not on the get go they're, they're not authentic true spirits authentic thing that um, I think I'm going to talk to the priest today let's go down to the sewer I, I think my the priest is well, in the sewer well some of the priests are you're not going to find you're going to find hobos in the sewer you're going to find rats you're going to find all kinds of things that might talk to you hobos do can be can be um, yeah, adjusters of predictions and things like that. I mean, I don't want to put down hobos. Yeah, you're putting down but, hobos. Uh, what you get, the point is, a portal does not usually, I mean, well, we're talking about a Ouija board. The Ouija boards don't usually hold authentic energy, but they do hold energy that can seem to be correct, but it's very deceiving. Right, and but I mean... absorb, as we absorb ourselves into portals, spirits that enter the Ouija board energy can absorb the thoughts of people and rehash it out. But, I mean, people have wreaked havoc using the Ouija board. So, I mean, you know, talking about authenticity and inauthenticity, if if someone connects with a malevolent spirit through a Ouija board, that's authentic energy. It's just negative. To some degree. I mean, I remember, you know, I've had lots of Ouija boards. Well, we've used a Ouija board, I mean, at one one, one time Uh, or another. And the board, the cover of the board was always intriguing. It was that black cover with a blue kind of spirit holding something. Yeah, weren't we shopping for a while, long time ago? We were looking on eBay for these really old Ouija boards. We were trying to find a Ouija board that was, um, that you that was made in your youth because I mean, they've cheapened the board. It's like, yeah. I don't yeah, know, cardboard now, yeah. but there are some pretty, pretty interesting ones. So, I mean, having that in your collection is kind of fun. Yeah, it's fun. If you know I how mean, to use it. I if mean, you're, if you're a true psychic, it's frivolous. It, you don't really need it. Yeah, we but were it's, doing it for entertainment. Then. Um, yeah. We weren't worried about 
having being possessed or being told we were just playing. And it's sort of a novel. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you know what you're doing also, you have to know what you're doing if you're working with an instrument like that. So, no, you don't need it if you're a psychic, but if you're using a tool like that for entertainment purposes, to connect with the other side or to, you know, whatever, knowing how to use the tool is important because if you don't, then you can be fucked. I mean. Sure. I mean, but, you know, in your in your kid day, I, I mean, I was a psychic when I was a kid, but I also ran away from home and spent days at uh, what was called Pacific Ocean Park. They called it Pop. And they had a fun center there, and they had a booth with a mechanical human wizard. He was a fortune teller, Sazam or whatever his name was. And I spent as much time there as I did with the monkey that and the organ grinder that I worked with when I ran away. And that energy, well, what you had to do is you had to put a nickel in the thing and the mechanical wizard uh, seer would wave his hands and then uh, would pop a card from his slot and it would give a, it would give some sort of statement about you. I must say that the, there was something eerie about that contraption because it was really uh, made out of metal and cloth and wood formed into a human figure and you know you just saw them from the waist up and you'd wait yeah i mean i think i've seen those at carnival yeah they're there uh, and they're in they've been in the movies and stuff but this was a real life one right in front of your face and pacific ocean park was sort of a magical place it was a amusement park on san Marcos pier and it was spirits there by the dozen and as a little kid when i ran away worked with an organ grinder and a monkey and slept on the beach with gypsies. I, I don't know how your parents even allowed. There's no possible way that I would have ever been allowed to do something like I that. I guess my, boys are more, you know, I, you know my like, parents you know, people were used are more to me boys. being odd. They were used to me being odd. Maybe I was doing them a favor by not being in the house for a few days. But they were used to me talking to ghosts and spirits and I don't know. There was something very odd about that part of their uh, parental guide, parental control. That I, you know, they they wouldn't be alarmed if they woke up at seven in the morning and my bed was empty. It, you know, I would go down to the canyons and explore the lizards and talk to spirits. I mean, I was just odd kid. So they weren't that alarmed because. I, I would show up. I would go for walks and be gone. You know, I might be gone a day and come back the next day. But I was a kid. And I was more like Huckleberry Finn, I guess, Tom Sawyer, more like Huckleberry Finn. So, you know, going on the raft, you know, Aunt Elm and all those people, they weren't necessarily searching for Tom or Huck. <coughs> Ego. <laughs> Ego. Um, go on. Ego. No. <laughs> no. No, you're talking. You're not. No, it wasn't. There was no ego involved. <laughs> Oh, I see. So um, it was just the adventures in spirit. But that's not the point. The point being um, is that I spent a lot of time with this contraption, this built contraption, because it, I related to it. And, of course, in my kids' the robotic mind, line. I thought I was talking to the, oh, to the figure. I thought sad. we were friends. Oh. And, um, you know... And the gypsy that had the 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 uh, monkey, squirrel monkeys, or the, those little monkeys, um, they weren't squirrel monkeys, but they were fun. They were entertaining. Um, he 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 had his own form of fortune telling, and he would tell me, "I can tell." He was Italian, and he could he would tell me, "I can tell you better fortunes than him." So there, I was kind of surrounded in that environment, the still the sense of energy, but it also took me into the the realm of portals. Uh, Pacific Ocean Park itself was like a portal through time and space because when you entered it, you were in an entirely different world. It wasn't. It was like Disneyland, but it didn't. There was something raw and primitive about it. That Coney Coney Island kind of energy. When you enter a portal, you're in the wilderness. You're not, it's not like entering a city. 
where there's all these lights and, you know, cars and nightclubs, you're entering a strange wilderness, unlike the wilderness of space itself. You're not like in outer space. A portal is like a vacuum. It's got a different kind of energy. And you do, when you enter a portal, you can hear language being spoken. You can see figures floating. It, it's so concentrated that it actually holds a content. Now, sometimes it demands a certain form of translation. And uh, in the astral realm of third eye uh, view vision, it can be very noisy. And also, I said, it can be very dangerous. You can get, actually get caught in a portal, sucked into a portal, but only if you are aware of it. For the common person, they're not going to get sucked into a portal. I mean, very rare that some disappear and they're just gone. You have to be working be working with the energy of portals to risk being sucked into a portal. So, like, if you, for example, are a person who has some kind of spirit activity in the home, and this, and and it's determined that the spirit activity is the result of a portal the spirit is coming through the person living in the home is not going to get sucked into that portal. No. The only thing that I've experienced from people is they'll say, you know, will you stand in this spot? Whenever I stand here, I get chills or I feel like something's there. And I'll say, oh, there's a portal here. But you see, it doesn't... Because, have the gray, the, have it, the intensity because you're in the flesh and a body, it can't really affect you. You have to sort of astral project to really enter significantly enter a portal. Otherwise, you just may kind of feel the vacuum like the end of a vacuum cleaner and you're not going to get sucked in. So, portals. Now, can portals take us to other places, other worlds? Yes. Can it take us through time? Yes. Um, More than the time machine, you know, H.G. Wells, the time machine, that he actually, I mean, there's so many... That's a great book. It's a great descriptive book, and it's wonderfully written, and it's got a, a nice concept. But a machine whirling around with a blade and has dials on it is not going to um, actually transport you through time and space. A machine isn't going to do it. You can, uh, I mean, a, a, you know, a rocket ship can break this break through time and time has changed. But you also have to understand that when you travel through energy, your, your molecular structure changes. So even though the time traveler was in a contraption, the, the true physics of time travel within a time machine, it'd be such a breakdown of the body that it would be incredible. Plus the fact that a machine itself can't Transcend through time, right. So People say that, you know, you could be swallowed by a whale. I don't think so. What happens in a whale is you, you there might be passages where in a whale's belly where you are translucent and you see, you know, like jellyfish and things, but you also will be boiled to death. You'll be scorched to the bone. Um, That's the flaw. You'll, you'll suffocate. There's all different kinds of things that happen in the process of being swallowed by a whale until you become excrement and shoot out the whole. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know who's ever been swallowed by a whale, but I, that's the no, that's what they, that's uh, you the, can look it up. That's the, I, well, I mean, I, you know, not in modern time. Online. What happens if, what's the true physics of being swallowed by oh, a whale? Oh, don't know swallowed by a whale. But anyway. It's gruesome. But there are moments within the process of being swallowed by a whale which really hallucinatory and wonderful, but not, you know, if you can get past the, the, the lace of the, of, of the teeth. Well, it's not really teeth. Well, anyway, whatever. Yeah. It, whatever. You could get chewed up. Right. I mean, teeth, I, I don't know what, what they're called, but obviously they're it's you dangerous You don't know not in the belly of a whale for two days. Uh, I, I think that's the story. Okay, well, I'm now wondering if that's the flaw in the time machine. That's the flaw. Well, 
the fact that it's a machine that he's traveling through time using well, a machine. Well, no, I don't I don't know because I'm reading the book. Yeah, don't ruin don't it for me. Book, but don't well, ruin I'm it for just me. mentioning that because that's just one idea in terms of physics. That you you I mean, if you're going to travel through time, you're gonna to have to be in a contraption that actually moves. You can't be stationary and just travel. Like you can build a machine to do that, unless you're Napoleon Dynamite. And to assume that you land in one place and that occupies the whole concept of the world. I mean, if someone landed, if a Martian or some creature landed in Africa, in the middle of Africa, right, and assume that represents that Earth. represented the whole world, and and Africans and were hunting lions or pygmies were hunting other tribes, and they assumed that was the concept of the universe, you're not going to be, you know, you're going to be mistaken. So, you know, for the convenience of literature and statement, it's got its premise. But for the logic of the conception of the world, it's got its flaws. But not needless to say, um, when we're, we don't want to destroy literature. Our point is to destroy literature and the, and the basis of it. Well, that's actually why I came on the show today. Yeah. Destroy literature. Destroy Well, Reader's Digest will do that. Yeah. But, but, you know, we're talking more about our topic at hand, portals. Okay, which is going to be shifting in a moment. Yeah. Because we have 10 minutes. Okay, go ahead. So, you know, is there something? Wrap up, wrap up. Yeah, wrap, wrap up. Is there anything else you want to say? No. Go to your point. So this is my point. You know how I love current events and also watching, you know, in looking at people's birthdays in the media. So what happened recently is a dancer who was, I guess, a DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I had no idea about this, but I did know this person was a dancer because I watched So You Think You Can Dance, the series on uh, Fox. And um, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot because I enjoy dancing and it wasn't like Dancing with the Stars, which I think is a really crappy show. But anyway, it was many years ago, probably in the early 2000s that I watched the show and there was this dancer named Twitch. Now, you watched him dance and you thought, eh. But what I will say about him, whether you thought his dancing was creative or inventive, it lacked maybe originality, um, when you can, he was actually married to a dancer and I was watching the two of them do a synchronized dance and watching him compared to her, there was a big difference. And what, what was notable to me on the show and um, notable to me in this video was the fact that she looked like she was moving her body. You know, she was making the movements, whereas his movements appeared though they were coming, that, that he was being moved by a force that wasn't his own body. So there was a natural, whether you liked him or not, I don't care. What, but he was a natural, natural dancer. There was a natural guess. kind of calculated. Well, you, I know what the ones you were watching, but the, compa- you look at the two of them together and you, you see who looks more calculated. I saw an old 20-minute uh, short film on TCM that had it was in the 40s, and it had black dancers on it. It was an all-black um, short film, basically built around music and dance. And these black dancers from the 40s, I wish I could have saved it. Well, I think I didn't were, get to watch it. I mean, uh, I walked were, in, I think the singing was atrocious. Well, no, but these black dancers, the dancers were amazing. They were awe-inspiring. They, they defied anything that I could have imagined in terms of dance. Now, that was transcendent. Um, I think Michael Jackson had a, had a, 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 a observable talent that transcended um, explanation in some form. This guy, I mean, I was just, I could see him calculating, the, I could see him calculating movement. Mm. The, the black dancers of the 40s, there was no calculation. You know, and I... They were like magic. I, I, I know what kind of dancing you're talking about. I've seen dancers like that. So I, I, I wish I would have seen what you saw just because I enjoy that. I, I enjoy watching dancers and I enjoy hearing good singers. Um, and they're you hard know, to come I, by. I, mean, what but, I, what I think Fred Astaire was 
such a graceful dancer. I mean, he, I, gotta get I think point. Gene Kelly was more of a, of a, you know, the, the every man kind of dance. He was talented, but he was more blue collar dance. His, 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 his footing, Fred Astaire it had a different kind of gracefulness and he more glided into it. It was more, so fluid. Um, Gene Kelly was talented, no doubt about it. But he had a harder approach to dance. Fred Astaire was airy. He had a certain gracefulness that was quite amazing. What I liked about this guy, and I mean, going to get to my point, but what I liked about this guy on the show, see, I, I didn't follow his career. I saw him on the show, and that was it. I had no idea he was a DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show. It's not a show I watched. Um, I just didn't know. But he, I don't know even how far he got on the show. He got very far. I don't know if he won the entire competition, but he was, he's a pop and lock dancer, which I love pop and lock dancing anyway. And it's not your style of dancing anyhow. I mean, you're not into that kind of thing, but the point is that in the feed, I saw that he had died and I was like, what? I mean, I hadn't heard of him since the show, you know, so I had no idea how his scrubs felt, but as I stated, um, but so we were shocked. I mean, I said this 40-year-old guy died. Um, and what is really strange, and it always, it always, I mean, the number, you know, no matter how many, how, how, how familiar I am with the way codes work, I'm always in awe when there are codes like this that work in the way that they do. So, number one, he had a very, very negative birthday. He was born on 929, the year 1982. So 11's everywhere. To you know, 92, 29, 1982 is an 11. Um, he had a 2-2 in his first and last number. That's 11 times 2. But he was a 40 equals 4 in master number. I mean, that 0 is no good. But in any case, 40 equals 4, that's his karmic change. And he ended up shooting himself. I mean, then it, you know, came out. The cause of death wasn't initially revealed. Then it, then it was, was, was um, made public that he, he killed himself, and it was by a shot, a gunshot. I mean, when this, I mean, it's just 40 equals 4, he kills himself. Wow. And the negativity in this code. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to get into, you know, more of the details of his personal life, his history. Seemingly, he had, you know, he was married with three children, and what a tragedy that he would kill himself having these children and a wife. Um, Shot himself in the head, uh, which usually people do because it's, they know it's going to be instant, more or less instant, so they, they and seemingly less painful because it's so quick and final. Um, you were also watching that woman monster. Oh yeah, Aileen. Um, I, I, Aileen. We picked up hitchhike male hitchhike. Or something like that. Her. Males would pick her up. And she was born two twenty nine. Yeah, she had fifty six. Two twenty nine, fifty six. She was thirty four seven, but she was, she carried a Bible while she was murdering her victim. Yeah, she she was into the Bible and she killed a guy that was a traveling Bible salesman. Um, and and again, she um, was a, had a weird sense of life, but but they, you know there was a movie about her called Monster, and and sure enough, you know she was executed finally by lethal injection. Warnos, that she could at sometimes be charming and seem natural, but all agreed that she was absolutely a monster just heartless she she was i mean she had a horrible horrible um early life i mean she was what given up i think i think her father was in jail and his her father was a, a child molester um and she was raped i mean so she had very traumatic childhood, which may have been part of her developmental process that ended her up, you know, it brought her to a place of murdering people. But there are plenty of people 
that have severe trauma that don't become serial killers. Right. But when you look at people who who are notoriously evil or brutal or have tragic ends or whatnot, and you go and investigate their birthday, sure enough, that 11 is usually floating around, 29 usually floating around. And it does open the door, if you will, of of some form of horrible negative energy. Now, we're not claiming that all 2911s are evil. No, we're not saying that. But what we're saying is that there's a certain attachment to people who have tragic energies or, or deadly energies, and they have those numbers in there. So it's always like a warning sign, um, slippery when wet. And usually, um, if, if, if it's the right energy, if you will, then there can be a lot of fatality or a lot of disaster going on. So these numbers um, that suggest uh, darkness and some sense of, of evil content can't be translated. And you can see it in the actions of, of Crazy. People. Crazy. When I when I when I added up his birthday numbers and found out he was a forty equals four, my jaw dropped. So I mean it. I mean you think after after, and I I think for you too. I mean it's always it's always stunning, a surprise. Even though you know the codes do work out and and they're significant in 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 and they reveal events, all all these different things. I still was, you know, shocked. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate confirmation. It, it really when, is. When you look at the, how I've analyzed the numbers and you look at how the numbers have attached themselves to these individuals and events. Um, but like I said, it, it, it's enough to, to claim accuracy, but it doesn't reach into an absolute statement. There are energies, 29, 11-2s, that is perfectly fine, so there's no alarm in that regard. But yet again, when there is something dark going on, you can usually find those numbers in there. Well, and interestingly enough, neither one of these people, these individuals, were 29, 11-2s, but they carry 29s in their birth dates. And in fact, the, a, what was her name? Aileen Warnos, I believe. She... She was a 34-7, but that she was 229-56. So, again, with two numbers held in 11 times 2, then she's got the 29 going on, the 1956, there's an 11 there. So, yeah, uh, yeah you don't have to be a necessarily a 29-11-2 to have darkness in your birth date. It can be in the code, the linear code, the higher code. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we are out of time and back on the air next week at some point. I don't think we've scheduled our shows, but we're going to be doing our normal schedule, but I'm not sure. We'll have to consult about that, so stay tuned. And again, if you want to uh, donate, all of these callers we had today have been great. (laughs) Sure, we're going to get a full lot of donations. Um, But anyway, have a good weekend. Bye bye.